Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. You would love your life, even though it would look wholly different than what you have now. Would you choose that? There's some part of us that's like, no, that it can't compute, right? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from Clear and Open. Last week, we talked about why follow your passion is poor advice. It's understandable that we'd think that. We've been conditioned to think that acquisition leads to action and action leads to feeling or being a certain way. But what if we had it backwards all along? What if it's the being that leads to the doing and the doing that leads to the having? In that order, being first. That's the true path if you look at it closely. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Claiming Self-Authority course, available at courses.clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. With a parenthetical note, that doesn't mean you can never see something about someone. This is new age concept of like, it makes me crazy, this idea that, well, everything's a mirror, so any judgment you have about someone else is actually about you. It's not about them. No, it could only be about you, but it's probably a little of both. It makes me crazy, this new age concept from the four agreements, that guy. We're, everybody's living their own dream. We're all non-relationally bubbled off and everything. We're only seeing the inside of the bubble. And the bubble is a really good metaphor because in a bubble, it's translucent. So you see some stuff on the outside, and some of it is a reflection. So it's a mix, and that's sorting out a projection. Okay, this person's pissing me off. Is it because they remind me of me, and I'm looking at a mirror, or are they just an asshole? (laughs) Okay, could be both. Could be both. Tricky to find out. So the path to fulfillment then, if this is starting to rub any uh, American dream conditioning in you the wrong way, then that's good. Because what I'm saying is the path to, I don't use the term happiness, as as most of you know, happiness is a content-based, ephemeral, temporary, good feeling. A a heroin addict is happy when they're using heroin. Uh, So should they use as much heroin? I actually saw there's an article floating around the news right now. A college professor is saying that he uses heroin like regularly. And the headline says, for work-life balance. <laughs> I want to nominate that for truth and service of the year. I, yeah, I have a small heroin habit uh, to support work life balance. Okay, then. 
You keep doing that and see where that takes you. Eventually, they'll be deposited at some learning, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, making happiness happen. So, when you seek happiness, in short, you are at odds with the intelligent design of life. You are deluded when you seek happiness. I don't know if I can put it any finer than that. You are deluded. Because when you seek happiness, you are looking for the have first. I want to have that or be that, depending on how you look at it. I want to be happy. And now what do I need to do to make that happen? You haven't earned it. You see, the question is, if you're not deeply fulfilled just by being a human being, why not? What do you think you need to have or do in order to enjoy being alive? You see? Happiness is content-based because we're conditioned and the marketers, I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar industry conditioning us to think that you need something to be happy. Every single advertisement you see does that. Here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. It hooks right into, oh yeah, maybe that, maybe that. Any any musician will tell you uh, one of the predictable things that happens when you get stuck playing it, especially with guitars, because there's so many different kinds and they're so fun. Every time I get stuck with guitar and hit a plateau, I start thinking about buying a new guitar, right? Because that's the idea. Like, oh, well, you know, this is somehow limiting. I mean, it's not really conscious. You just start dreaming about it or a new amp or a new effect pedal that will cover up your sloppy left hand or whatever. And that's the consumerism in us. It's like, well, certainly the problem can't be here. Let me see what my credit card limit is. And then the Creditors laugh all the way to the bank and the uh, vendors because they're happy to make money on your delusion because it feeds their delusion that if I have enough money, they'll be happy. So it just goes around in a circle. Would you be, let's say tomorrow you woke up, became fully enlightened, and as a result, you lost everything that you had, all of your money, all of your possessions. Let's say all of your relationships as well, but you were fully loving the experience of being alive all the time, which is not to say there wouldn't be any pain. There would be, but even when you were in pain or even when you were sad, there would be this meta context of this is an amazing experience. Would you give away everything you have? Would you be willing to lose everything you have for that, for a permanent experience of the goodness of life that was unshakable, unlosable, and always there? Would you be willing to give away all your stuff for that and live under a bridge? Because now keep in mind that you, the you living under the bridge, wouldn't care about losing all that stuff. So would you choose that? Would you choose that? What if I said, the reason you're not experiencing life with that level of deep fulfillment is because you're not willing to pay that price. Which is not to say you have to pay the price. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to be willing to pay the price. Now, let me unpack that distinction because that's the distinction that we're talking about here. The distinction between really in one level, it's control. You have an idea your ego, I should say, has an idea about how your life is supposed to look, right? Because every once in a while, some force comes in, a pandemic, and you're like, ah, this totally gets in the way of my plans for 2020. Grr. 
right? You had an idea. How do we know your idea about what 2020 was supposed to be like was wrong? <laughs> because it didn't turn out that way, did it? So your ego-based idea about what's supposed to happen in your life and in life in order to what? Make you happy. That's the whole construct. That what if that idea is flawed, minimally, or deeply wrong on the other end of the spectrum? What if you don't actually know what you need to be fulfilled? And the assumption that you do know and the pursuit of that is your very problem. So think about that thought experiment again. You'd be totally fulfilled and just be living under a bridge. Would you choose that life? Give up all of your creature comforts? What if, if that you would be completely okay with it, would you choose it? It kind of rubs something, doesn't it? There's a friction of like, oh, wait, what? But I would, wait, I would be happy? Well, you know, you'd be fulfilled. You'd be in constant amazement. You would love your life, even though it would look wholly different than what you have now. Would you choose that? There's some part of us that's like, no, that it can't compute, right? That's control. That's still the you that thinks you know what will fulfill you. Now, let me back off the thought experiment a little bit. What you likely will find out when you have a deep awakening like that is most of the stuff in your life for most people stays the same. But you can't count on that. Because there will be times, and this I'm using a spiritual example here, but in the pursuit of your passion path, it's the same thing. So if like three years ago I said, okay, I'm going to do this spiritual teacher for business people thing, but, but what if people quit and you know, there's no real market for that? If I wasn't willing to lose a lot of business that way, which was my living under the bridge, if I wasn't willing to take that risk, I wouldn't have done it. What's actually happened is I have more members than I've ever had before. But I didn't know that was going to happen. And the quality of the people in terms of the, there being a good match for who I am and what I do is also better than it's ever been and continues to get better. Why? Because I said, I can't not be me anymore. This is crap. I feel like I'm pretending. What I'm teaching is not a coherent enough expression of me. That's not integrity. So I'm just going to be me and trust that life will deliver. But it was could have just as easily happened that 50% of my clients and members went away and said, what? I'm here for professional development. What's all the spiritual crap? That could have happened too. I did not guard against it. You see? So that's what I mean by the willingness. You don't know whether you're going to end up living under a bridge. Do you need to? Do you need to? Or can you trust life enough to bring you a reflection of your own internal goodness, because that's ultimately what it comes down to. If you don't experience your own internal goodness, you won't trust life to bring it to you in the form of your outside reality. And that's how you actually come to experience in one way your own goodness, because you see what comes when you're just being yourself, being true to you. Now, if you try being true to you and it ends miserably, it probably wasn't the true you. Or there's some transition thing where some stuff has to be, has to shake out. 
But I think of uh, the Sylvester Stallone story I like to tell so much. He wrote Rocky. Most people don't know that. He wrote the screenplay Rocky, and he was a poor actor. At one point, he sold his dog. He was so poor for a good couple of years living in New York City. And he was shopping around the screenplay, and no one wanted it, no one wanted it, no one wanted it. Finally, a, a studio offered to buy it, and he said, great, I get to be Rocky. And they said, actually, no, you don't. You are not a good actor, uh, but we'll take the screenplay. And he said, then you can't have it. I get to be Rocky. Can you imagine? I don't know. It's certainly in my mid-20s. I don't know if I would have the guts to do that. Can you imagine? His friends, his friends and family must have thought he was nuts. You've got no money. You finally, you, this could put you on the map as a screenwriter. There could be sequels. No, he knew he had to be Rocky. How do we know he was right? Because it ended up happening. Now, someone else might have said, you know, I get to be whatever and it would have fallen on his face. It might have been wrong, but somehow he knew. Somehow he knew. And that, that was his passion path. And he actually became a decent actor eventually, you know, outside of the role of Rocky. It was all right, I guess. Not like Tony Danza or somebody like that who plays the same, or even Tom Cruise. You know, he basically plays plays the same guy no matter what he's in, and it's him. He's just being himself. So anyway, the guts to be yourself. What price would you be willing to pay? What price would you be willing to pay? That's self authority, you guys. That's self authority. Self authority is the willingness to be authentically yourself. And with a willingness to resist serious consequences, knowing that sort of fingers crossed behind the back with a little bit of a hope that maybe the consequences won't be too great because they're almost always not as bad as we're afraid they will be. But you have to be willing to take that risk. Why wouldn't you? Because of your parental and cultural and religious conditioning that tells you to conform to how we say you're supposed to be. Joseph. How do you know when you're there? How do you know when you're under that bridge? Despite what you're willing, despite what you have, how do you know? Because when you're saying this, a part of me is like, but I've done this. I've done this. How many bloody times do I need to do this over and over again? When you let everything go and you think that is everything, but you're still not sure that this is it. Yeah. So how do you know you're under that bridge? You've paid the last price. You've paid the final price and got over a tipping point where things are going to start to go your way for the real you. That is that what you mean? I, I guess I mean, how, how do you experience, forget the word no. Okay. How do you experience that you are living a life where you are fulfilled no matter what catastrophe, pandemic, loss of relationship, no matter what goes out the window or is hurled at you, you're still fulfilled. How do you experience that? You mean, are you asking, how do you know you're there or what's the experience like? I think I'm asking both somehow. Okay. All right. Well, I would say is if you're asking the question, then you're not there yet. You know, it's like when that in that state of constant amazement and love of life, you know, when you're there. And what will usually happen is you'll have windows of it, you know, where you have that for a minute, a week, a month, six months, and it will come and go. So you, you'll get a flavor of it. And then that's actually a really good thing when it goes away because it makes you starving for it when you get teased with it. 
that's the how you know. It's just like the oracle says to Neo, how do you know? Is it about when you're in love or when you're the one or something? Balls to bone. You just know. You just know. And he's as a, it's great because he's like trying to intellectually figure out conceptually, right, Zach? He's trying to conceptually figure out, am I the one? How would that be? And then it's his external experience elicits out of him the doubt right? When he has to take the jump and he's doubting himself. Actually, I never really thought about the matrix as a self-authority metaphor, but it works quite well. He doesn't trust himself. He doesn't trust that he could be the one. He's got this mentor who says he is. And then it's the demands of reality that elicit that personal power out of him. And then it's just, you know, he just knows he can fly. He doesn't doubt it anymore. He knows he can beat Agent Smith with one hand behind his back. He just knows. So what that's, what that's like, I don't claim to live there, but I have windows of it. I, I, let me tell you what it's not like. This is more important. There's no control. You have no control. And that's the hardest thing about it. Because the ego sees it as a control thing, which is where the matrix fails us. Because Neo is experiencing that he's doing that. If the matrix were really accurate to that, he would have you you there would have been some scenes of like some existential confusion where he would lose a sense of identity and not know how to relate to people because he would feel like something else was moving him thanks for listening to manage to engage the clear and open podcast join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be until then know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.